Hey guys, welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all the best and spiciest books from the book talk world. Today, today's a special episode. So if you've been with us before, you know we're covering Zodiac Academy. Today we're covering book four. And it's not the book we're covering that's super awesome, although this one's full of heartbreak. It's who we're covering it with. We've got a special guest today, guys. You know her from Book Talk. She is our favorite redhead with all the spicy book recommendations. It's Listen with Brit. Hey, Brit, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. You're so welcome. We're so thrilled you can join us as we cover Zodiac Academy Book Four. What a ride it's going to be. <laughs> this one, especially. So, I'm Caitlin. I said my name this time, so I hope everyone's happy. <laughs> <laughs> With Hilda and Bridget, of course. Hi, hey, guys. And the four of us are going to get through the emotional warfare that was Shadow Princess in Zodiac Academy. So, there's a lot to cover. We're going to dive right into it. But of course, we're going to start off with some spoiler warnings. If you haven't read this book, you don't want to know what happens. This is not the episode to tune into. Maybe read the first book, go listen to that podcast, then come back and join us for this recap. So like I said, there is a ton to get to in this book. You've heard us talk about in books uh, one through three, the recaps, that there is so much jammed into uh, a small little time period. This one is a little bit longer of a time period because we get two holidays. You get a Halloween and a Christmas. That's not like the span of a week in Solaria. But we've got a lot to get to, so we're going to dive on into it and get into it. Britt, we're so happy you could join us. How did you get into Zodiac Academy? Um, I was, honestly, I'm friends with this girl, um, Ska Reads. Her name is Cyan, and... Um, yeah, so that's how we got on her too. Never. She, she is the first person who ever spoke about it on Book Talk that I that I saw, and me and her have I found really similar tastes. And so when she recommended it, I noticed only one or two were on Audible, and so I waited a couple more. I waited till book four was on Audible for me to kind of binge it, and uh, I hated book one. Absolutely hated it. Yeah, so did and we. Then Everyone else just said, just push, just push through this one and then you'll know. And then I knew. And then I got addicted. And I think it was you who said, this is the trashy TV of books. And that's why we're so addicted to it. Yes, I made that post. It did pretty well. And everyone's just like, yep, I concur. This is the trashy TV of the book community. 100% it is. Tis no one can figure out why before then. And we're like, oh, light bulb. That's exactly why. Well, because when I was reading, I'm just like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be at all, because it's nothing like I've ever really read before. It's a, uh, it's wild and it's crazy. It's just like I call these kind of series "why not" series, just like why not throw that in? Why not? It's why not really put this? Name. Why not put this twist in there? And so this is my "why not" series that I have that I talk about. I love that. What else is on your "why not" series? Is it just oh, this? Um, anything by Stephanie Hudson. It's called Afterlife or Transfusion. It's a it's a gothic romance. I have no idea if it's good or not, but like I eat it up. I eat it up. I love it. We'll have to add that one. I haven't heard about that one before. But it's interesting because I think when we all talked about this earlier too, when we first came to Zodiac Academy, everyone's like, oh, if you like Harry Potter, you'll like this. And I was mm-hmm. like, 
I think I slept on it a little bit because of that. I was like, oh, like I don't really want a YA fantasy world. And then after Hilda, you know, convinced us multiple times to join in and listen or read, uh, it's not Harry Potter like at all, I think. It's a lot of more drama, I think. Yeah, I mean, it has like the house structure. Right. Yeah. And- we reference it a lot, but it's storyline, plot wise, emotional, yeah. and maturity wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be more different. There's like Harry Potter elements, but I think that's more like indicative of like English boarding school than mm-hmm. of a genre. Also, yeah. they're obsessed with Harry Potter as well. Yeah. So, you know, they're probably like, oh, let's throw in a little bit of something pizzazz over here that will remind the people who've read Harry Potter of a little bit of Harry Potter, but nothing right. like Harry Potter. No. It is and it is not. It is both of these things. And I feel like if you're all. super obsessed with Harry Potter, you can probably make the parallels. But if you're not, you're just like, meh. Yeah. Don't get it. Now, we always kick off with who is on your why choose list. So we've got a whole Insta- – on our Instagram, we've got who are our book boyfriends that are making the top four list. So we got to kick it off with you. We need to know who's on your why choose. Well, because I'm basic – I'm going to put in Resand. <laughs> An honorable choice. I think I'm the only one who has him on my list. Are you talking like before Silver Flames? Reese? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Didn't he piss you off in A Court of Silver Flames? No. <laughs> he didn't? <laughs> nope. Cuz I, I thought was... he was I thought he was true to character. Um I he's a morally gray character. He's dark. He hates everyone but Feyre and uh, he can be a dick sometimes. And specifically uh, to Vesta. Well, I didn't care so much about how he treated Nesta. I cared that mm-hmm. he kept um, the threat of the pregnancy from Farah. Yes. Uh, yes. That was the part that got me. That is I the part like, that right, really annoyed me. I did not like that. Yes. That is a part that I forgot. I think I chose to forget that because I hated it so much. <laughs> I do too. It's fine. Welcome to the RH or yeah. welcome to the Y choose. Yeah. So who's up next? Um... There's um, this guy named, oh shoot, what's his name? It's Ryder or Riker from City and Embers by Stacey Marie Brown. I've seen um, he's, he's Viking looking, so he's like a blonde one. But I really like him. And let's see. There was, um, I had these written down. Uh, this series called Pawn by Karen Lynch. His name is Lucas. He's a uh, fae. And I like him. And then probably... Who's rounding it out? Mm, they're hard to choose. It is hard to choose because I have so many. Probably Rowan, would... honestly. Oh. Rowan I just saw fan art of Rowan. I was like, holy moly. No. When did he get so fine? He's is that always what I've seen. Fine? I mean, the fan art has just taken it up a level in, like, the past, like, couple of months. I was like, holy yeah. shit. I don't know. Am I the only one that whenever you think of, like, tattoos on the face, Mike Tyson? No. that's, like, the no. whole, that's what I think I about. mean, yes, but it's not who I'm picturing when I'm picturing Not initially, but now I am. Thank you. Well, no, because I'm married to a Polynesian and facial tattoos are, like, normal. super okay. common. And so, like, it's it's good looking to me. And I like it. So welcome to the Y Choose, Mr. Whitehorn. Yeah. 
White Thorn. Thorn? Jesus. <laughs> well, he's not on mine. <laughs> Poor guy. I thought we had warned you we can't pronounce anything correctly. Yes. That's okay. Uh, I can because I'm an audio girl. Right. Oh, so you got it coming to your Man in Manon video and I was like, no, I reject this. Don't reject truth. So what is it? It's Manon? No, Manon. 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 There are like Manon is a pronunciation, but mm-hmm. this one is Manon. <gasps> Life is so different for audiobook girls. It is. Wow. It, it makes me think now of like that Muppet song. Mana mana. Do, 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 do. <gasps> Don't. <laughs> Don't. What's well, going to be stuck in your head in later? Head. That. Yeah, thank you for that. It's payback. I got nothing done today. <laughs> it's all your fault. And Wait, why is it all your fault? Something I recommended a good book. So we're supposed to be prepping for this one, uh, the book we we're talking about, Shadow Princess. But Hilda took a little detour on the recommendation of Brett to Wicked mm-hmm. Kingdom, right? No, Kingdom of the Wicked. Wait, two, <laughs> oh for two. Someone take this mic away from me. <laughs> and she doesn't even have the wine today. <laughs> she you is might sober. Need to wine. Nope. She is sober. <laughs> yeah, I just got water today, and this is not going well. So I think I do better with the wine personally. <laughs> I don't know. I think- it's clear, so it's hard to tell if it's water. Maybe it's vodka. Maybe it's a wine to water situation. You know what? Say less and I'll get up and go get a glass. (laughs) All right. We're here for a good time. Not a long time. Oh, this is a long book. We'll be here for a long time. But let's get back into Zodiac. So thank you so much for sharing your why. Why choose with us? Oh, before we go, do you guys have any um, new additions to your why choose? Change now or forever Any hold your peace. new additions. No. So no, I think I'm sticking with Resand, Cassian, Leon from Ruthless Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, dang, who is my fo- – oh, and um, Ryder, also Ruthless Boys. Yeah. Nice. Do you remember your list, Bridget? Um, yes. Darius. Well, let me go in order. I had Castile. Well, I have Castile technically. I haven't dropped him yet. Um, Darius, um, Ryder, and Gabriel. Okay. So Ryder and – no, well, yeah, Ryder and Gabriel also from RB, Ruthless Boys, but, you know, Gabriel from ZA as well. Um, so obviously I have Lance Orion. Duh. Duh. Shocking. Uh, no one saw that right. coming. She has Lance Orion um, times four. Like, that's it. Exactly. That's it. I don't need to be selfish. Um, but because you're making me choose, obviously, then Cassian, um, mm-hmm. Daddy Niktos, because that is his official name, um, and then Dorian from Throne of Glass. Another one Ooh. with fan art that has come out recently that has made me question things. Phantom Hands. Phantom <laughs> Hands. So Hilda's here for her. Vampires and Phantom Hands. All right. All right. So excellent choices. We'll see if anyone else pops up in the Why Choose as we go through the series and rehash our love. So far, it's just Bridget with Darius and Gabriel Knox. But maybe, Hilda, well, you've got Lance Orion. Maybe there's room for improvement for us, Britt. Maybe we'll pick some more boys from this. We'll see. You know, I should have made a more solid list. But, like, I go through my lists all the time, and I'm just like, just pick. And I'm just like, I can't. I can't do this. I mean, I have like the runner up list and, you know, as my mood yeah. changes, they get flopped. But the problem is, is that I always have, like, I have a type. 
I'm going for the yeah. stereotypical, morally yeah. gray, bad boy with tattoos. Yeah. So my white shoes list, you know, it's going to end up in drama all the time because it's basically the same character copy and paste throughout. That's true. From the I'm different series. I don't have I, a well-rounded white shoes. Well, if, you, if you're not allowed to pick from the same series, that could no, help you can. You if there's rules. Oh. I'm just now saying that, death that from the four horsemen is delicious. I haven't read that one, but I will. Stop. Why are you guys not that. reading the books that I love? I don't we will. know. Don't we didn't know well, them. You send us like a back to school, like must read school list and we'll put it yeah, on like there. Reading That's list. a good TikTok <laughs> idea, actually. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. You heard it here first. Go ahead. I will like it for you. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. Wrath is... <gasps> Wrath! Wrath is on my list. <laughs> I knew I was missing someone. Wrath is on my list. Resan, Wrath. And, oh, and the number also, two spot. Yes. I love him so much. And Commander Rip is on the honorable mention. <gasps> oh, honorable mention. The Rip dirty too. talk. What? Rip He's is also great. an honorable mention. You just, need, you just need him there to talk everybody through what's going on. I need her to write a manual for like the things that Rip say so we can distribute it to men and be like, here's yes. a guide to learn how to properly talk dirty talk for us and just package it to them and be like learn this just repeat it that's all you got to do read it and repeat it and boom but no. 12 hours of your time will change your entire life change our lives too just yeah it'd be great this is giving yes the betterment of the world world peace we're, starts here with commander rip research well he's no commander rip but he's a big part in hilda's heart so Let's get into Shadow Princess and let's talk about all things Lance O'Riot. <laughs> I mean, this book features a lot of him, especially with that cliffhanger. He's better than Commander Rip, but he's a yeah. vampire. Okay, go, Bridget. Okay. Take so it away. I'm going to do a really quick book recap on what's going on right now in Shadow Princess, and then we'll do some deep dives and talk about some major plots and some relationships that have built out throughout the storyline. So last we left off with the last book, we know that Lionel is a complete asshole. Excuse my French. And he basically sends the girls into the Shadowlands so they can come back with the shadows. And they end up meeting a girl there who we think is called the Shadow Princess. And he deposits them back and he's like, go back to your bedrooms. Nothing has happened. Um, And he carries on thinking that they know nothing. Cue the beginning of this book. So they end up back at King's Hollow, which is part of the campus, but they're in a little tree club house, I guess. To me, I think of it like a tree club. It's a tree um, club house. Yeah. A little it's boy the, club. Like, no girls allowed sign outside. Like mm-hmm. that's very much a boy's den. Definitely. So they haven't, uh, they basically go there, they rest, they recoup, um, and they find out they still remember everything. And they end up telling Darius and Lance. Um, And they peace out and they're like, screw this. I'm out of here. Like, I hate you. You let this happen to me. You know, all the usual blaming that Tori does. And they move along, but they don't know. The boys don't know that they have the shadows within them. So they're going to withhold that secret. Well, shit happens. The shadows get a little overwhelming and they end up telling Lance, Professor Orion, that they have the shadows. So now they're going to start practicing shadow and dark magic with Darius during their little, little after hour sessions. Um, they also found out that they were phoenixes in the last book. So now that they have 
found that out, they need to learn what it means to be a Phoenix and they have to start training. So they do um, order classes with none other than Gabriel, who is a new professor at Zodiac Academy. And it's also Lance's best friend. If you haven't met him, you will love him. Um, As the book goes on, we realize the airs are not over you know, bullying and teasing the girls and they end up spiking their drinks during Halloween so they can get incriminating images of them and they sell it to the press. And of course, this is a bad time. They make Darcy look like she's speaking to Ravens and Tori look like a big old hoe, but you know, at least she's working with it. Um, And then of course, they want to retaliate. But here's the problem. Tori wants to retaliate and Darcy has a big old secret that we know what the secret is, but Tori does not. So they have a little rift and suddenly the girls are no longer talking. This is huge. They're twins. They've always had each other. Um, They've only relied on each other throughout all of the homes that they've been on. So Tori's feeling really heartbroken over this. Darcy is trying to get Lance to tell Darius, oh, you need to tell... Seth, because he's actually the one that's holding the secret over them. Um, Hey, this is happening. You need to get your boy to back off. Anyhow, as the book goes on, they retaliate a little bit. They do a PR spin. Um, The heirs are pissed off about it. We find out that the shadow princess that we met in the last book is actually Clara, who is Lance's sister. And they agree, we're going to get her out of the shadows. We're going to save her. And the day that they're going to do that is on New Year's Eve. So they've been practicing and working towards getting her out of the shadows, which requires them to do more dark magic. Let's see what else happens. That was during the Halloween time. Then we're going to move on into Christmas. And unfortunately, they end up spending the day of Christmas with the counselors at the palace. Um, There's some good scenes there we'll talk about in a bit. And they also have a great snowball fight. And... Unfortunately, there's a huge nim tax. Somehow they broke through the wards of the palace and attacked the counselors and the press while they were there. And that is the moment that the girls are like, screw this. They burst into their actual order forms and suddenly people are like, oh my God, they're phoenixes. And they ended up saving everyone that was in the palace. We have two huge moments at the end of this book that I think a lot of people might have cried about. We have a divine moment between Tori and Darius, and I guess you're going to have to wait to find out what happens. And then also, Lance and Darcy performed a ritual to try to save Clara. And obviously something terrible happens at the end of that. So much to unpack. (laughs) You did a great job summing up. I was like, this sounds like a horrible recap. I don't know who wants to read this, but- That was great. Welcome to the pain and misery of Zodiac Academy. Because you want to like dive in every time you said something, I'm like, oh, but what about? And like, I know. I was like, I want to elaborate on this for you guys, but I have to hold back. So now that you mentioned the divine moment, I almost started crying. (laughs) And I did not. I was like reading it and I was like, okay, I got this. It's not happening. Why am I not crying? Is it because I've read this for the third time or is it my antidepressant? Like, what is working here? Like, just Mm. mentioning it. Oh my god! I don't. I remember being the first time. No, I was shocked. I think, like I, because of the two things that are happening at the end of the book. I mean, I cared more about the other thing that was happening. Not gonna lie, Um, and so I think I was just like in a state of shock, and plus, like, and I guess we'll talk about it when we get there. But I kind of agreed with Tori's decision. Mm-hmm. Oh, I 100% agree. 
I was, I was really happy about what she did. Yeah. So it wasn't, it was sad, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. like, like, I think she did what she had to do. You guys are mad later on. You're making sense. I agree that Tori should have said no, but I really wanted her to say yes. Yeah. My heartbreak was more for their love story versus like her not making that decision, like to stay with him because he did not deserve her saying yes. He didn't grovel enough yet. He's no. Yet. I was just like, nope, he hasn't deserved this. This is terrible timing. And um, I'm I'm really glad that she made that decision because... You know, I'm just going to blame the stars for this one because they really fucked them over. Oh. Yeah. Yes. They really they put are them through not it. on their side. Not at all. Again, why not? This is the... <laughs> Why not, serious? Why not? How much more pain can we throw to our readers? Why yeah. not test the limits? So, um, okay, so where do we want to start? Let's start out with the shadows, dark magic, and learning their orders. So those three things, already a lot to unpack. So when the girls come back from dealing with Lionel, um, they come back with dark magic and a whole lot of anger directed at specifically Darius. Darius because there's not much he could do to help. But, of course, the girls don't know that. And so the tension and the anger between Darius and Tori. Tori, specifically. I almost call her Torius again, which is their couple game. So Tori was super pissed at Darius because she thought that he had tricked them into, you know, getting captured during the eclipse. Um, But I actually feel like she's being a little bit unreasonable here. Um, and she blamed, he, like, he tried. They did you know, try. In the, in the last scene, both um, Lance and he tried, but clearly they were overpowered. And then when Lionel started threatening Xavier, that's when Darius totally backed off. So I think at the last book, she they gave us the impression that we thought that Tori might have thought that she was captured and Darius helped. But when she was talking to Darcy in the scene at King's Hollow, she definitely was like, he did not try hard enough. And that's why she was pissed off. I was like, girl, he also has a little brother who is there and being threatened by his own father. You got to give him a break. And he did try. Yeah. She's just well, being stubborn. And she did say that, though, because she I think when they got into that fight, when he tried to hug her when they were in King's Hollow, um, I think she like, I don't know, singed his clothes or something. And she was like. Um, if she acknowledged that if he that he stopped because of Xavier and she's like, yeah, that's the only reason you're still alive. So she like understood, you know, having a sibling threatened. And so I, I think don't know. he went I, into this book starting at a negative score and could not I mean, himself out of his that hole enough, even trying to help. Like, you know, she already had a lowered opinion of him. He just there's not enough. There's nothing he could have done to right. dig himself that's out valid. of the hole. That's valid. And to her every single time he does something where she's like, oh, he's a decent human being. Oh, maybe I can see the person that's behind the asshole. She turns around two seconds later, he's an asshole again. So they were having about to have their moment at the lunar eclipse and then boom, they get captured. So immediately she's like, great, got fucked over again. But you know what? She's a lot less forgiving of him than she is of Caleb or yeah. Yeah. Did I say that right? Well, Caleb's also given her some orgasms. So (laughs) yes. How quickly you forget. 
yeah, it's easy to forgive people with the, when you're getting those. But I think she also just knows that it's never going to be serious with Caleb. Which she immediately with, tells him. Which, true. Yeah. And I think with Darius, she just, she knows it's like more, so she's making it more serious. She's like, I don't know. Caleb is just kind of a side piece. <laughs> and he is. He's there for, as we said earlier, he's there for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. Because anytime she's in pain, she's stressed out, she always seeks out Caleb. Yeah. But I think she knows Darius's end game. And I feel like she sort of self-sabotages them a little bit. She and does. Like- yep. And that's a thing. That's I find Tori to be a very complex but traumatized character. And everything she does, I relate to in some way. I'm just like, I understand why she's doing this. Right. Um, hurt people hurt people. And, and that's... Um, literally Darius as well so you can yeah. understand it's just a vicious cycle they're broken people and that's we why just, we love them though I know but they need each other to heal and I'm just like just just heal just do it together so happily ever after and make little dragon babies or phoenix babies I don't care phoenix babies how many of you knew it was going to be a phoenix not oh, I yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess it was. You saw the writing on the wall when they were kind of going through, and I think Lance was giving them some books. And stupid Lance thought they were like sirens for a while, but that was still the funniest thing. They're like, "Oh, why am I attracted to them? They must be sirens." I was like, "You idiots! Maybe they're your mates." <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, I said, what could it be? <sighs> men. No, they're succubi. Yeah. Oh, these men. These men in the Zodiac world. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, they're 19 years old. <laughs> I, I have to remind myself that. that all the time. Like, I know. Every single I, time I'm frustrated with their decisions, I'm like, wait, they're children. They're literally children. I, I actually, I actively try not to think about it because it's just like, oh, no. Yeah. Because I, I age mean, them up. This is, I think I do this in I every age them book. up. Yeah. Oh, I age them up because I'm just like, you cannot convince me that these 19-year-olds know how to throw down like these boys know how to throw down. Absolutely oh, not. You cannot convince me otherwise. In my brain, they are a 23, 24-year-old because like, yeah, they're mid-20s. still stupid, but yeah. mature enough to have the weight of the decisions and their actions on them. Yeah, I wish it was like post-grad. Yeah. Like, like another kind their of masters. academy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like put them in grad school. Is that what you just said, Caitlin? They're masters, yeah. Yeah. They're masters in fey magic. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, that's the And then that would that make like Lance them. like a 30-year-old. Yeah, that tracks. Mm-hmm. Speaking of it. Lance, we meet his BFF, Gabriel, in this Love book. Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Noxie. Yes. So in Ruthless Boys, we come to find out why Gabriel calls him Noxie and why he calls Orion Oreo. A very, very, very funny scene. I highly recommend you dive into Ruthless Boys after this, Brit, uh, yeah. because the, the two of them are good times. Yeah, well, we meet best Gabriel, friend relationship is who, just great. Yes, he is a seer. And so he can, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but he can guide on certain things that the stars show him, but he can't outright tell you what's happening because that would change the fate of what's happening. Um, So we meet a couple instances of that where Gabriel tries to guide without actually telling anyone. Um, And Gabriel's actually stepping in as the new professor, Professor Astrum, uh, got barbecued, 
and he's the new professor. <laughs> like, what is he the what? professor of? I forgot. Um, he's like the professor T- Tawny in my Trani. Yes, Trelawney. Trelawney. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Divination. Again, zero yeah, for three like- on names. I think they say like tarot's in the something like that. Book. They Astrology. call it something else. I forget what it is. It's but the Grim. He- Sorry. <laughs> cannot <laughs> just yes. watching harry there's potter there's no like, grim <laughs> no grim with professor gabriel knox but he does do some interesting seeing um guiding i guess so we find future. out that gabriel ends up at the school because he received a vision of them having their little class or their meeting about what um the twins order is because Lance did go and he did his research and he's like, the stars showed this to me. So I decided to come a day early into um, ZA. And then he basically offers himself to teach the girls how to fly because he is able to like, what, what is he? So he's a harpy, right? Yeah, he's a harpy. And so the twins are going to use the cover story that they are fire harpies um, because they want to keep the fact that they're phoenixes hidden for as long as possible because they know that Lionel will probably try to kill them once he finds out that they're phoenixes. And so because their mother was a harpy, it makes sense that they can get away with saying that they're fire harpies. And so Which is still Gabriel, pretty powerful. Yeah. Gabriel being a harpy is gonna teach them how to half fly. Shift and fly. Yeah. Because Gabriel's able to half shift. So he always has his wings out. Um and then half, when they have this, shift. that's what you were saying. I thought you said have shit. He's with his wings <laughs> up, so he's half shit. And I'm like, interesting take. Tell me more. Half, <laughs> no, no, half shift. Half. He's half in one form, half in the other. Got it. And then when they're in their first class together, we also find out that he has been receiving cards from Astrum, and the cards have led him back to the twins as well. So things are coming together. The plot thickens. And then we head into Lance, Mr. Lance Orion's birthday. Hilda, what are your thoughts? I mean, the whole scene, it's supposed to start as pretty comedic. So we find out that Lance doesn't really celebrate his birthday anymore since his sister went missing. And Darius shows up to surprise him. And so he convinces him to go, I guess, to a club, hang out. um, And then... Noxie or Gabriel shows up at the door and basically crashes the party. Um, he invites himself along. He's like, I had a vision about this. Um, it's really funny because it annoys the shit out of Darius that Lance and Gabriel have this super cute buddy buddy relationship where they act essentially like idiots around each other. And it's neither of their personalities. Like most of the time, they're both like super serious, kind of like assholes, but around each other, they're like, giggling schoolgirls. I was about to say they're so giddy with each other. They are. It's hilarious. Um, So they show up at the club. I think it's called like Celeste or something. I can't remember the name. Whatever. It's supposed to be a really bougie club in Tucana. And they get like a VIP room. And Gabriel had invited the twins. Um, He invited the twins to hang out with his friends. And so um, they have fun. They start a drinking game. There's a daring game. Um, so Lance There's team and, bonding. Yeah, team Lance bonding. and Tori bond a little bit. Uh, Tori at this point is still ignoring Darius because um, she's still pissed at him about what happened on the eclipse. Um, Why is she not pissed with him? Like, realistically. Obviously. 
um, and they all get drunk, essentially. Um, Gabriel Stardust's home. Uh, Darius goes back to hang out with the heirs at the tree club. I had to say the tree club. Is that the, the new name house. for it? We're yeah. just going to call it the, the tree, tree club. club. King's Hollow is now the tree club. And then um, Orion heads back with Tori and Darcy. Uh, Dar- Tori's like, yeah, I'm going to sleep alone tonight. Bye. And then uh, Lance and Darcy decide to go um, have a really steamy scene in his classroom. Good essentially. For mm-hmm. Good for them. The one and- thing I want to point out is it's very subtle and I don't think you really notice in your first reading, but as you read the rest of the series and if you come back and read it again, um, it seems that Gabriel kind of knows about Lance and Darcy. Yeah, picked up on that on the first read. How could he not, though? And he he obviously encourages the relationship. He doesn't say anything. Because um, he knows. But he knows. I can't believe you missed that in the first one. I She's too distracted really, by Lance to focus yeah, on anything that's else. That's true. That's true. And the thing is, like, at that point in the series, we hadn't read Ruthless Boys yet. Mm-hmm. And obviously we hadn't read The Awakening as told by the boys. So, like, we didn't really know who Gabriel was. So I really wasn't paying attention much to what was happening, you know? And it was really subtle, though, because it was, like, a very, like... So, like, sly little comments here and there. And yeah. then you're like, wait, is he encouraging I always thought he was encouraging of it. I picked up yeah. I picked up on that. Yeah, no, I didn't. Sorry. But it was good pointing out, Hilda. The next day, Nova calls them into their office and they're freaking out because they're like, holy crap. I hope Lance is not there because then that's going to mean that she's found out about our relationship and he's going to get sent to prison and power shamed. And so I guess during their little club outing, someone took a photo when he was all up close in her business and they leaked it onto Facebook. And Darcy has to play it off like it's some innocent little crush. And Lance is basically just like making fun of her. Like, oh, I mean, what can I do about it? I can't stop her from having a crush. And then he tells Nova that he's dating Francesca. Here we are with Francesca again. Mm -hmm. I don't hate her as much as you guys do, but I think she's got a a role to play later. I think I'm the only one that hates her. I just don't like her. Bridget, mm-hmm. like, That's a strong word. hates her. I try not to think about her. She's irrelevant. You're like, she's a waste of space. Yeah. <laughs> so she's not a waste of space at the end of the series. Oh. So Darcy, no. Yes, Darcy. I'm going to mess it up again. Darcy and Lance narrowly avoid getting caught and Principal Nova. That's what she is? Principal Nova, yeah. Nova, yeah. But that takes us into Halloween, which is something of a different holiday, if I'm remembering this correctly. Right? Isn't it Halloween is. where, like, things get a little wacky? Or is that the... There's supposed to be, like, heightened emotions. Like, Nova sends out that email basically warning everybody to, like... like slow your roll today. Yeah. You don't want to, like, get into fights. Like, they can get more aggressive during Halloween. Um, but of course, the young teenage Fae don't listen, and so they're having a killer party at Earth Cavern. Wasn't it just a f- not all Fae, but was it specific Fae, like the vampires? I thought it was just the vampires and the werewolves. Was it, it everyone? The warning was like, stay in your rooms because, and if you have any grief with anybody, like 
you have an argument going on, make sure you settle those mm-hmm. beforehand because things can get out of control. And if you are of the predator nature, like vampires, yes. dragons, manicures, like you need to, you know, stay inside if you need help with like chaining yourself to a wall, let Lance Professor Orion know and he'll provide you with chains. I was like, whoa, okay. Um, that's right. That's right. Of course, nobody paid attention. They just laughed and they're like, okay. Time to yeah. party. You know, they really got to start listening to these messages that she sends out, especially after the lunar eclipse I mean, or the lunar moon. There was more was. sexting between Darius and Tori, this time initiated by Darius. And he sent her the photo this time. Mm-hmm. I love their sexting. I think I liked it so much. The first one that she did, I. Tori to Darius when she was just in her underwear and dirty boots. I loved it so much. I was like internally screaming. I was like, oh, girl. Um, And then he also gets caught watching that photo later in this book, just an FYI. So he saved it. Yeah. And then when she gets his photo, she's like, I'm going to delete it. But later, maybe. They're so hot and cold, but when they're hot, like they're so on and I just, it makes you love them so much more. And it really builds to this terrible cliffhanger that, not cliffhanger, it just random happens. They're passionate explosive. Yeah, it is. It it is explosive. Mm -hmm. God, it's some good stuff. Yeah. Great tension building, relationship building, but it's also tension building um, and they're bonding in text messages and they're sexting. Which we all get to enjoy. The best. So Tori is getting ready in her room. And this is when the sex thing is happening. Darcy shows up with Geraldine and Sophia. And they're getting to re- getting ready together as we all did back in the day. You know, going out mm-hmm. to the club, going out to a party. Your girlfriends come over. You guys get ready together. Darcy is going as a mortal vampire. She's dressed up as Count Dracula. Um, Tori... This is the funny one. She dresses up as like an erotic looking Pegasus because she's going to go to the party with Caleb. Um, As we know, he is horny for the horn, which is a rumor that she started. So that's really funny. And she gets real glitter from Sophia because Sophia is also a Pegasus. Um, Sophie goes as, what does Sophia go as? I feel like she went like a sexy cat. Yeah. I remember. Or the lion. I think she went as a lion because her mane, she had mane. Yeah, there we go. And then Geraldine goes as like some mermaid looking thing and she's wearing like a seashell bra, which pushed up her boobs, make her look even better. She would. As we found at the beginning of the book, she hooked up with Max at the night of the end of the last book. She has solar tease. I thought she would just be this like little girly girl pushover. No, she just, she knows what she wants and she has such a tease and she pushes or pulls him along. I she was like not expecting her. Yeah. Feed her lady Petunia and she doesn't <laughs> stop. Yep. Well, but she likes a certain bag. someone's long Sherman, so Oh, and he wants she wants him to butter her bagels. Ooh. In the worst way. You know, I always imagined her having like a very southern accent when I was she reading does. the book. And then I heard the audio mm-hmm. and I got so excited because she yeah. does. And I was like, what? I was it's- I thought this was just a Bridget thing, but it's it's a thing thing. It's thick. <laughs> yeah. I love that you have a whole different experience listening to the audio. You do. Like if you did, like when I told people from, from Blood and Ash that Castile was British. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. He's British. I should say Hawk, shouldn't I? 
Uh, spoiler. <laughs> okay, that's fine. British. Okay. Yeah, he's British. You know, what? I'm not mad about it. I did not see that coming, though. Well, if you do Kingdom of the Wicked, like that's British and Italian. Like it's just fun being able to hear the accents really well, especially if you don't know them really well. Like in your head, when you guys read and you know it's British or Australian or whatever, if you know someone's has an accent, do you do you do that in your head when you read, or do you just kind of know that it is, but you read it how in in, in like American? I I will do it the accent if there's a part in the language. Gotcha. So ruthless boys, there's they have like Fay Italian or like for example Zodiac Academy has Spanish. They didn't come up with anything clever to like transition <laughs> like it to the Spanish there. It's just Spanish. So when Diego says certain things, mm-hmm. I will read it in a Spanish accent. You know, yeah. this is I got me noodling here because I'm like, how do I read it? I think I just read it in English, knowing that it's gonna have an accent but then when i was reading some parts from ruthless boys and they have the italian obviously italian i think i do kind of read it in italian accent mm-hmm. but do they even specifically say that Cass has a british accent i don't remember if someone says that he has a tilt because that's usually what authors will say they have a tilt or a northern accent or something like that they'll do something like that to they do say a tilt or something the book that like he and Kieran have an accent that they can't yeah. really place. Yeah. So I remember that, but I didn't imagine it would end Did up make being the connection. When we read Garden of Serpents, the only reason I knew that what's his name was British is because he kept calling her love. Like that yeah. was the only yeah. clue for me. Yeah. Yeah, he's British. The other Orion. The other yeah. Orion. Dollar. Dollar calls him Dollar. Orion. How dare you? <laughs> Hunt Athalar is also an Orion. The, oh. That's true. He's yep. not a Dollar General, Orion. No, that's the top tier. Was he a Target? <laughs> <laughs> no, he gu- he Gucci. Uh huh. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, um, Geraldine. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, blanked on that. Getting that's ready for the party when we go on a little tangent. I think Geraldine is my favorite side character. She's a good one. Of. Any of the books we've read, when I mean, they have like the little their little gang of, of their cadre mm-hmm. of people that they go out with, I think Geraldine is just like she's down to help. She doesn't know, she's not afraid to do the dirty work, and she comes in with a comedic relief. Like, what more could you want for her? In she's yeah, she's a good character. Like you know, in Why Chooser versus Harems, you have the the golden retriever boy. Yeah. Uh, she's a golden like, retriever girl. She's a golden retriever girl. Yeah. I'd never heard that term before. I love that. Oh no! Every every RHY choose is a has an R has a golden retriever in it. And, and your RH, it's Liam. I was Leon. say it's Leon. Leon. Yeah, yeah. In my head, I just call him like the sunshine. Yep, sunshine character works as well. See, I call oh. them different flavors. Like I was trying to do different flavor profiles in my my Y choose. Well, mm-hmm. see, yours would be like Leon would be your sunshine. Your grumpy would be writer. 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 Yep. All right. Well, I'm glad I stuck to a, a good system. Not the system yeah, you I know. Did. You have a well balanced one. Ah, good. Yeah. The sommelier um, of why chooses. Also, yeah. I want to call out that she is extremely powerful. She's probably she one of the more powerful phase at ZA. Kudos and to her. She brushes it off too, just like just whatever. Yeah, I did that. She's like yeah, down like, to earth. Geraldine's a badass. Yeah, she is. And her she's power- like. 
she's big also like she's big and strong i when i picture her i think very norwegian in my head because she's blonde and she's tall and she's very broad um if i'm she's remembering a, it correctly no you are yeah, yeah she's I am. a badass yeah. pitball player yes she is yeah so that's just what i picture in my head when she was being described i was like norwegian because I'm Norwegian and uh, I just, I know that type. And I'm just like, I love it. I love it so much. You're like, I feel seen. I feel seen. My shoulders have representation. <laughs> <laughs> and the character's a badass. Let's go. Oh, yes. Her power's yeah. as big as her boobs. Yeah. They do love to talk about them. <laughs> yep. She is voluptuous. Geraldine's uh. giant wabos. <laughs> wabos. She's probably the wordiest character out of anybody in the whole series, I think. Definitely. She's yeah. so wordy. I think the wordiest out of any character I feel like I've ever read. It's very flowery and sometimes very hard to follow what we're talking about, which I even love that yeah. she baffles Max Riggle because Max has never had anyone tell him no. So the fact that yeah. Geraldine's kind of pushing him away really endears him to her or her to him even more. Yeah. And he, you know, she'll go off on a whole tangent, like, you slippery salmon, how dare yeah. you come near my my lady petunia garden's not ready for you. And he's like, yeah. I don't know what she's saying, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and so him funny. being a, yeah, him being a siren, it just makes it extra because he can get anyone he wants. Not yeah. this one. Can't have yeah, it. Yeah, because apparently she can resist his power. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I really had to work for it. And then he was like, he even made a comment about how when she's in the bed, like whatever the fuck she's saying gets even worse and he loves it. And I was like, all right. Cute. We found your little kink boy. So they're heading down to the party. And of course, as they're walking over to the cave, as they see ass members, they start assembling. So they basically walk in with an entire group of people into this party and immediately start partying. Caleb, of course, immediately as he sees Tori dressed up, he zooms in because he's a vampire and he takes her and he's like, what the heck? Like, this isn't funny anymore. Like, why are you dressed as that? And she first, he was like, what are you dressed as? And she's like a fucking hippo. Like, what do you expect? Like, I have a horn and I'm dressed in rainbows and glitter. Like, what Mm -hmm. do you think I am? And so he gets really upset because, you know, it's all about his reputation. He's like, this isn't funny anymore. And he gets upset and he's like, I can't for the horn will never not be funny. No, it's hilarious. Just I love when it, it shows Caleb. up in Facebook posts oh, as well Facebook. in the comments. Oh my gosh. What are it your thoughts always on comes back. Did you love it? Did you hate it? What did you think uh, about it? The first time I heard it, I think I just posted on Instagram. I was like, what is this? It, I laughed so hard. And then I heard Ferris Wheel and Ferrari. And uh, I was just like, hey, we're doing this. We are, we are doing this. I, t- I usually don't like social media in my books because it's too close to home, mm-hmm. but it works here because, because it's a why not series and it's, you're putting <laughs> it in there and it works somehow, whatever they're doing to put in these books, it just works. It just does. It doesn't make sense, but we're here for it. Yep. I want to be in it. it like even it the hashtags crack me up. It does and doesn't make sense. It's a school. You're in our day and time. They have these iPads, the Atlas, every, yeah, or, like an iPad. The Atlas, every single where they, every single place they go. So, like, it makes sense that there would be some kind of social media. Um, the fact yeah. that they decide to write it into the book is like amazing. <sighs> I was like, all right, let's go. And now they will, and because you know the girls have their Facebook group, mm-hmm. the girls, the Twisted Sisters have their Facebook group, and so they'll be like, oh. Um, you enter to win and you can probably be the next person on the fake group or like right. you drop a line I and maybe so you'll badly. get in. And I, 
we're all like, let me get in. I want to be on the next Faye comment, like Facebook comment. Oh, I didn't know they did that. How fun. Yes. He'll write you in to a Facebook comment. And I am like, this is peak. I have peaked by making it. And some of the people on there, like as the commenters are actually people who are admins for their Facebook group. Mm -hmm. I was like, look at you, including the people. I see you and your Easter eggs, Twister Sisters. I see you. They're great. All right. So Caleb's really upset. We're finding out that the boys are gearing up to do something to them. And they've all decided this is going to be the last straw. They're going to go up against the twins to really break them, to get them to bow down and renounce the throne. Like, this is it. Caleb, of course, is not happy about it. Darius is feeling some type of way about it, but he still agrees to do it. And of course, if they're outnumbered, they do everything as a group. So they've decided for Halloween, what they're going to do is poison the girls' drinks, get them to act a certain way, film it, and then send it off to the press so that way they can ruin their reputations and fully destroy them. Um, And that way they won't be able to sit on the throne. I mean, A for effort. We had to sit through a lot of bullying through the first part of the series. Mm -hmm. And so for me in this book to see it keep coming back up again, I was like, ugh, can we just be nice to people? Yeah. I'm just like, they didn't break the first book. They did not break the second book. Why do you think this is going to work out this time but i guess this is the last straw like caleb was like if it doesn't work this time that's it i'm done like i'm not doing it anymore because of course he still wants to get into tori's pants like caleb even though he knows that it can never work out with tori he is high off of this girl like between her blood and the sex like Mm -hmm. and the hunting he's like next level so let's just poison her and call it a night you know But I think they also felt very strongly that they had to get payback for all of the pranks that the twins had played on them. And that's what really drove what happened on Halloween. You know, I want to say yes, but also that was their payback for what they did. That's what I was going to say. That's just that's just equaling it out, even though it's never going to be as equal. Everything that they've done is not as is not equal to what they did in book one. Like for totally. crying out loud, they almost killed Tori. Like yeah. they brought her worst fears of drowning from when mm-hmm. she actually drowned, almost drowned, mm-hmm. and brought that to life. And here's the part that pisses me off when I think about it is that everything's Faye on Faye. So if I had beef with Caitlin, I will take it out on her and Hilda cannot intervene. However, during that scene when they're drowning her, Darius and Max ended up teaming up and they were the ones that created the ice over the water to keep her from coming up. So it wasn't really Faye on Faye. They're not playing by the rules that they keep talking about. Yeah, this dirty. These little boys think they're men. And they can get away with it because they're special. They're not special. Yeah, it's why I don't read bully romances very often. This is like my only second bully ran- romance I've ever done and I doubt I'll do another one ever again because it just hurt. Like it hurts so bad. I feel like I just read Kings of Quarantine which is another bully romance mm-hmm. in the academy setting and for whatever reason it still does not hurt as badly as ZA did. Because I think it went past bullying. It wasn't, I, would, I wouldn't even consider it bullying. It's assault <laughs> and yes. uh, it's like the assault the part with darcy i can get as bullying but with that they did yeah. it was just bad yeah yeah that's what makes book one so tough 
and why you have to encourage people to power through it so they can enjoy the rest of the series. You know that TikTok sound where it's like, hold my hand, hold my hand. Like that's how (laughs) this series is. Just hold my hand. We just got to get through the first book and then the fourth and the fifth. But like, it's always like you're just holding your hand all the way till the end of the series because it just gets worse. You just feel different types of pain. The bullying does stop, I would say, mid book four, though. Yeah, after Halloween, I feel like. Yeah, after that's when it kind of stops. So the boys are making this plan. They're gearing up. That's when they're all heading out and Caleb sees Tori and he pulls her away. So they have that conversation. And then, of course, they're out there dancing, having a good time. And, you know, Darcy just is like, I'm going to go have a drink. And she comes back and someone's right behind her. Lance decides to crash the party and they run off into a little tunnel and they get sexy with it. AKA they have sex and guess who catches them. Thank you for spelling that that out. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't understand that. So thanks for the clarification. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, last time you were like, Oh, they hit uh, what was it? Short. You were making baseball references. Oh (laughs) yeah. Hilda was making baseball references and we're like, where are we in this? We are not like, they went to shortstop and I was like, Please explain. I was like, are we going from second? Like, what are you describing as shortstop here? Well, they had a home run. Both people had a home run. If you catch my drift. Um, and of course. No, Bridget, please spell it out. The finish line. <laughs> Smiling and some- then saying, yes, ma'am. Please once some more. I mean, if I had to explain it anymore, I just encourage you to read the book and just read the scene because you will get... You will be happy with it. There's a happy ending for everyone, basically. Um, Seth, I don't I don't want to call him our lovable wolf because I personally do not love him. I don't, I don't know him. if anyone loves him, at I, least at this point. Not at this point. No. Even in future points, I still don't well, love Well, even in future either. points, I don't love him. But I know a lot of people have come around to the the sunshine boy he turns into. But I can't marry the two. Yeah, I thought he was going to be the golden retriever this whole book. And then midway through book one, I was like, oh, you're terrible. Well, he like switches yeah. later in the series. But still, I just I'm like, no, I can't. I'm, I'm You're done for me. His intensity. You're canceled. Uh, it's it so just, intense. Yes, it was a lot. And he just pushes the limit constantly. And it's hard to like a character that just keeps inflicting pain on everyone. Like, I can't And the worst part is, is that he thinks it's, like, all fun and games. And you're like, no, dude, you're a straight-up a-hole. A child. Yeah, he does think it's fun and games. He's like, ah, I'm just palling around after he, like, shanks you or, you know, does something terrible. And you're like... And he's so whiny. Like, when the girls did the flea thing or made everyone not like, not like Seth. I don't know which book it was. Last book, yeah. And he got so hurt by it. Just all my feelings. Nobody likes me. Dude, you tried to kill people. You yeah. need to calm down. The scales are not equal. You didn't have your little orgy. You, like, you literally yeah. harmed people. He's so whiny. Just, I was so lonely. My bed was empty. You you sit down in the corner, sir. And think about what you did. He's my least favorite heir. And that's saying something, because, like... I don't like Max. Max... Max is just like he's just there, there and he's a bully. He he's is. Just, whatever. Max is vanilla. He I, doesn't detract. He doesn't add. He's yeah. just okay. That's why I Seth feel- is on the bottom for me because Max, I don't hate Max. I hate Seth. Well, so, also because we don't really know Max at this point. Yeah. Like we're starting to get to know there. Max a little bit more, especially as he interacts with 
also I found out her name is not Gruz. It's Gruss. Yeah. From the audio post. I was saying Gruz like, you know, the minions grew, but with an S. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was Mm -hmm. just thinking, I'm like, oh, Dr. Gruz. Does it have an E at the end? No, it's just G-R-U-S. Okay. I don't know why, but in my head I was just like, all right, this is how we're going to say it. Well, because Cruz. C-R-U-Z-Z. Okay. Yeah, I highly encourage everyone to listen to audiobook for each series that they read before they start, <laughs> uh, so they know. I the mean, names. honestly, we could have a whole series on "Am I pronouncing this correctly?" which could easily be rectified by us just listening to the book. The answer will always be no. <laughs> the answer is oh, no. you are not. Definitely not. Um, yeah, don't like Max either. No, they're just there, and I think they're always just going to be there. The story is always going to be about the four main, the two main couples, I suppose. And it is those, a romance, after all. Those other two are just side characters. So Seth catches them, and then he's immediately like, oh, I knew, I knew I should have trusted my instincts. I knew I thought I saw something fishy the night of the lunar, is it lunar eclipse? I don't know why I mm-hmm. can never remember this right now. Because um, he was shit-faced that night, and he caught them, and they kind of just played it off like, oh, Miss Vega, go back to your room, blah, blah, blah. Or I was just trying to get a drink from my um, source. And he was immediately like, oh, this is great. I have got you two in the back pocket. Darcy, you're coming with me. And he basically makes it look like him and Darcy are hooking up. Tori's immediately like, what would you do with my sister? Was this consensual? And now Seth is going to have this over their head for the rest of the book so and this is the other part that just really annoyed the crap out of me about seth like he just really really nailed it in for them mm-hmm. he's like i'm gonna torture you because this is the greatest thing to happen to me and you're like can't you just be a decent human being for like 30 seconds seth 30 seconds no no he can't so remember if lance gets caught he's not only going to prison he's going to be power ashamed and that's it like, the stakes are very, very high for him. And then add into the fact that they're Vega princesses. So they're going to mm-hmm. say that she was corrupt and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's not looking good if he gets caught. I, don't I do think- like the power dynamic of this series because I do feel like it's reality sometimes. These rich, mm-hmm. high society boys don't think about consequences. They don't know the stakes. They could care less about the stakes. And I feel like Seth and the rest of the boys at some level, at some degree, are like this as well. But Seth is very just like, I don't care. I don't care what happens to anybody else as long as I'm happy. Right. The consequences don't matter to him. Mm -hmm. Caleb to a lesser degree. But the rich elite are the same in the Fey world as they are in the human world. Consequences do not exist for them. Yeah. Well, we know Darius, he acts like that. But his his life's a little different just because he has Lionel as a father. Fair. So they head back into the party. Tori's like, what's going on? This is crazy. Like, are you sure you're okay? And Darcy's like, she has to play along with it. She has no other choice. So we're starting to add things into the Tori-Darcy dynamic here that's going to end up to a bigger problem coming in a little bit. So we're moving along. The boys are like, all right, this is happening. We're doing it. Also, just in case you're wondering what their costumes were, they decided to go as like, dress up as their houses like someone from their houses so um caleb is dressed up as ear no, no earth. he's earth who's ear seth K- seth max's water and darius fire. fire there we go could not remember it for a second there they spike the girls drinks because seth has this over like holding the secret over them he's actually like here darcy you need to drink yours and she's like no i can't but he's like you have to or else i'll tell them so she ends up drinking it she starts seeing ravens 
talking to ravens she's like oh my god someone stop the ravens you can't be here mm -hmm. um meanwhile the guys are filming it because they're gonna send it to the press tori on the other hand her drink gets spiked and she's immediately like grinding up on all of these random dudes even diego gets in there um she's with milton and darius is getting pissed because he's like i don't want to see her grinding up on this and he's having second th thoughts he ends up giving her the antidote and he takes her away from the party and she's like, all right, fine, let's go. I'll go with you. She runs away off from the party. She takes off. She's like, I'm going to go wash up all this glitter. And she actually bursts out from her wings and flies to the pool at the gymnasium where she was originally almost drowned. And he's like, no, she can't go there. She wouldn't go there. She'd end up going there. They have a cute moment where, you know, she's getting all the glitter off and she's like, do you ever do anything without any motive? Like, do you just live? Do you just enjoy life? And he's like, I don't know what you mean. And she's like, exactly. But they end up having a sweet moment on the diving board where she's asking about Xavier and what some stuff about Lionel. And then they're going back to the house and he's like, all right, let's go. And he jumps off, grabs her and jumps off to the diving board and then uses magic to push them in like a little wave off to the side so they don't get wet. And they end up going back to the house to their dorm territory and she doesn't have her key. So she's like, there's like, why don't you just come stay with me for the night? Of course, she's immediately like, I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm just drunk enough to do this. Let's go. She ends up falling asleep in his bed while he runs off to the bathroom to text the guys like, don't send the video. Like I, this is a bad idea. You know, another test by the stars um, that he fails. And so they end up spending the night together. As a Darius and Tori lover, I do love that he had like a moment of, this is a bad idea. Self-reflection. And, you know, I'm pursuing this with, with my girl here and I can't be, you know, making it look like a Looney Tune. As hot and spicy they are, I truly love their moments where they're just being like they're not having sex tonight, but they're still sleeping together in the bed next to each other, feeling that warm and comfort. And, you know, these are the moments that you're like, can you not tell that this person might be? Your mate, but no. Is this the scene where she takes his shirt off and wears his shirt for the first no, time? No, that's during, um, that's in book three. Yeah, I like that moment. Yeah, that's a good one. They're so I get cute. them confused all the time. I just yeah. watch them in my head. Yeah. So she wakes up from this night and she has like a huge hangover and she's like going through his nightstand because I mean, who doesn't keep. I mean, I don't keep painkillers at my nightstand, but I guess that's a normal thing for people to assume. She's looking for the painkillers and she comes across some documents that are like donations to all of these things, um, these foundations that are like, oh, for phoenixes, oh, for women of abuse and toxic households and stuff like that. And, you know, Darius wakes up and he's oh, he immediately turns to douchebag Darius. You're like, God damn it. She caught you doing he's something like, sweet. Just be sweet. He's like, so this is what you, uh, why you stayed in my bed. You know, next time, if you want to go through all my stuff, you should really put out. It'll make me more exhausted. And she's like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I'm looking for painkillers. And she's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm out of here. And she like runs off to her room or to Sophia's room, gets her key, goes downstairs. And D Darcy's like blowing up her phone. Like Darcy um, is texting her like you need to come meet me this something's going on like see you in the orb in like 10 minutes or whatever she goes to the orb she gets ambushed by caleb caleb's like oh i was just on the phone with the like my pr person they found a photo of us from last night this isn't funny um you need to stop with this pegasus shit and he's like you know what we just can't be together anymore and she's like you can't break up with someone that you're not dating 
And she's like, bump this. I'm out. She heads into the orb. She finds Darcy in tears. And then that's when she finds out about the article that was released. And it's basically saying that Darcy is loco and Tori's a big old whore. Tori's meaning like, let's go. Let's go beat them up. Like, let's give them a taste of their medicine. Darcy, let's go. And Darcy's like, I can't. I can't. Because she knows that now Seth has this. Yeah. Well, Seth has forbidden her from telling telling, um, Tori what happened. Right. And so now she's like, I can't go over there and fight them. Like, this is not the way Tori and Tori's like, how dare you not stand up with me? You're my sister. You're my twin. You're my ride or die. So adding on to more of the little rift that's going to happen between them. um, Tori's like, you know, bump this. I'm out of here. And she runs out of the orb. She decides to retaliate. And what does she do? She steals Darius's motorbike from don't know why I cannot remember that. Parking garage. <laughs> the parking they didn't garage. Add the word Faye in there so you don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. There we go. And immediately it triggers an alarm, and Darius is like, God damn it, someone's stealing my bike. And he immediately knows who it's going to be, and it's Tori. So this leads the air on a manhunt um, to find her because they want to get the bike back. And she speeds through the campus she's dodging them left and right and she decides that she's gonna run this thing off of the cliff and she dives off of the cliff and she literally jumps off of it and bursts the like bike goes down she goes up with her wings and then she's taking off and she's trying to run from darius and she's hiding in where is those springs the shimmering springs are between fire territory and, and water, water territory so she's heading in that direction she's like i'm gonna dip down hide like stay low for a little bit and the guys end up right outside of the springs and Darius is like, you guys go here, go find her. They split up. And he's like, I'm going to just check the springs. Cause he knows, he knows she's there. And he calls her out and she's, he's like, come face me like a fae. He is so she goes pissed. up there to face her like a fae. Remember dragons are super territorial. They don't like people messing with their possessions and piss off a dragon. And you're, you're toast. You're basically going to be barbecued. But luckily for her, she's, um, she can't be burnt by fire because of her order form. So she's set. like, can't be burnt by fire. This. When you think it's about to get nasty, it gets really hot. Suddenly, mouths are clashing, bodies are clashing, clothes are being ripped off. You know, they really take advantage of the fact that they're in a springs. Like, I don't know what more to tell you guys other than just go read this part of the book. Mm-hmm. It's such a good part. Well, we finally got what we've been waiting for three and a half books which is finally tori and darius hook up yeah and it was good it was good it was worth it it was worth it i liked it also because at the end when she was saying and then he kissed me not like he's kissed me before but like a real kiss it was slow it was sweet and i was like oh my heart i know i literally just reread that today and i was like that that's the part that's, that's the, part. the part that makes my heart go boom boom mm-hmm. yeah yep. but then they fuck it up by fighting again because those two can't have nice things no nope. it's like a split of the second they stare into each other's eyes and they're like they're having this like weird eye communication thing where suddenly like they can see me this is happening this is real and boom it shuts down and then suddenly she's like that's not happening ever again and he's like good and he storms off he flies off she grabs her clothes and she's like immediately like he hurt me again. And it's like such highs and lows of that, that scene, particularly because you're like, ah, oh, this is so good. And the payoff, I've been waiting for this scene to happen. And then instantly they're back to their cold, 
fuck yous. I'm out of here. This never happened. I regret it. Stomping around. Right. You're like, oh, man. We just... That's just a we just really... had it. I know. We were so close. So close. She can't tell Darcy because her and Darcy aren't talking because now they're pissed at each other. So, and Darius being Darius, he runs off and he heads back to his house or his dorm. And while all this is going on, Lance has been trying to get in touch with Darius because he has told Darcy that he will tell Darius what's been going on with Seth. And in that way... Darius can call it off with Seth and be like, stop messing with them. This is not great. This is bad and so on. But when he encounters Lance in his bedroom and Lance starts talking about it, he finds out that Darius and Tori hooked up and he's pissed. Like he hated her before. Now that he's given into her and like had that moment, that like pure love moment between them at the very end with their kiss, he hates her even more. And so even Lance brings up the fact that maybe he should be sharing the throne with them um, instead of fighting against them. And it just all hell breaks loose. Like these two are bonded to each other with a guardian bond there. Lance is meant to make sure Darius is fine and happy and stuff like that. So the fact that they're fighting at this level against the guardian bond is telling you something. Lance storms away. Darius is like, I'm not apologizing. You're both wrong. Um, heads all around these, these guys. And, you know, Lance being a Libra, he thinks he's once once he thinks something is right, it's right. And he needs someone else to he needs Darius to come step up and say he's sorry. Um, They need to cuddle. They they need to cuddle in bed or hold hands and watch Fayflix. (laughs) Fayflix, that was another one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. While all that stuff was happening as well. I told you that Lance was, you know, trying to find Darius. But before that, when he was talking to Darcy, they make a bargain with each other to say that they're never going to give up on each other. They were always going to fight to stay together. And that might not seem important now, but it's going to make much more sense in books to come. So just, you know, be mindful. It's not an unbroken vow because that's from Harry Potter, but it's just it's not just a bargain. It's an actual like fate. Is it a star promise? Yeah, they star they strike the, like, like a, a star vow or something like that. There we go. It's a star vow. Like, well, I say bargain because he's literally like, looks like you just made a bargain with me. But they clapped hands and the stars like basically made it. Do they get like a weird? Set. Am I making this up? Do they get like a weird tattoo or something on their? No, hand? that's from another series. Oh, okay. <laughs> they all start to blend after a while. It all does blend together. That's from that's from Avatar. Yes. When you start getting random tattoos on your body. No, oh, this is yes. just yeah, obviously. The whole scheme. I was thinking like a delicate little like no, star this is thing. Just the magic clap, but they made huh. a star vow. If you break a star vow, you get like seven years of really bad shitty luck. luck for I the feel stars. like it's more than seven years. It's for a very long time. It's not good. You don't break star vows. Yes. Um, luckily they are friends with Tyler and Tyler has said, Hey girls, don't worry. My mom could spin this nasty article that the boys put out on you and we'll make it, you know, look real good. And everyone will want to be your best friends by the end of the week. So Tori basically poses for the, the article and she is looking real good and scandalous with a whole bunch of men in her bed. Like good for you, girl. Um, and then Darcy is made out to look like some woodsy queen. Um, and she Cinderella talking to animals talking to animals very disney like oh it's just me you know i love them so much i rescue I them i rescue them and sometimes i think of the things that i would be able to tell them and make sure they're fine so everyone's loving them and of course the heirs are pissed 
because they're like, how did they spin this? Who helped you spin this? What's going on? Meanwhile, Darius isn't even pissed about that. Darius is pissed about one of the photos where the guy looks like he had ravaged his girl, his girl, you know, quotation marks. Um, So that's what's been going on. Now, this is all happening like within like the week after Halloween. At some point between Halloween and Christmas, they find out that Shadow Princess is actually Clara. So Darcy's Well, let's in- touch on that a little bit cuz we I don't think we've talked about Shadow Princess up until right now, right? We've No, we haven't really depth. mentioned it. So now that the girls have the shadows and they're going through those classes with Lance where they're controlling the shadows, Darcy's doing a good job of it, but Tori is not. And Tori is embracing the shadows a little more too than often. she should. Yeah. And in one of those episodes, she gets or the shadow princess grabs her mm-hmm. and cuts her. And when she's able to get out of the trance, she has this terrible like cut on her wrist. It's um, actually after we find out that's Clara, but yeah. Um, and then she runs she has to run to Lance and he ends up fixing it and it takes up a lot of his power. But anyways, essentially they're keep hearing this voice that's saying, like, come, come to, me, to me, come to me, come to me. Which there uh, is any good horror movie will tell you. Someone said, "Come to me." You do the opposite. What ends up happening is Seth plays a prank on Darcy, and she's slowly transforming into a rabbit. So she needs to go to the library. Diego is there, or Diego runs into her. She sends Diego to go find Orion so he can help her. Um, Orion helps her, and so she stops transforming into a rabbit, and. Oh, we should probably tell them that Diego knows about the shadows because he can see them because his grandma is in the hat. Is in the hat that he's been wearing. Not creepy at all. And grandma, Abuela, is also part with, is like with all his other family members because she has knitted herself into these articles of clothing and distributed it against her family so they could be connected in the shadow world together. Which I think, like, why not? That his family uses shadow magic. Right, which adds to reasons why we talked about earlier, Diego is very antsy and stressed because he's got Abuela literally on his head, in his brain, his whole family. He also said that the reason why he like lashed out at Tori during the fairy fair thing, Darcy, well, and Tori, because he called Tori a whore, um, was because he wasn't wearing his hat. And when he's not wearing his hat, the shadows like are even worse and he gets really aggravated. But, you know, whatever excuses i was gonna ever <laughs> you go um they're in the library darcy gets cured she's not a bunny anymore um but then they the three of them fall into a weird shadow trance so like darcy yeah, goes to touch like a pen cap or something from diego she falls into the shadow world with him and lance is immediately like oh i need to save them and so he hops into their shadow world as well. And meanwhile, the shadow princess has been calling to Darcy and is like, come with me, come with me. Um, I've been trying to get in touch with you. You know, it's been taking me so long. And Lance sees the girl and he's like, oh my God. And the girl's like, oh my God, Lance. And so he immediately pulls out of the shadow world and he pretends he doesn't know who the girl is. But then Darcy catches up with him and he's like, that's my sister. And so right. we're like, oh, now, if you remember, what? we talked about earlier that Lance's sister, Clara, had gone missing in a ritual gone bad from Lionel, the same ritual that the twins just went through at the end of the last book. 
So Clara is presumed dead. There was nothing left of her. Um, but now it looks like she's had a whole different life in the Shadowland. And while they were there, she was like, you need to build the Bridge of the Stars on New Year's Eve to get me out of here. And she had told that to Darcy and Diego. And so when Lance had confided that that's my sister, Darcy's like, we'll help you. We'll help you get her out of there. I don't feel know like it was who like thought this was a good idea. The this Scooby is gang idea. is like jinkies. You know what? Let's get the shadowy princess out of there. This sounds like an easy thing to do. We <sighs> definitely times. mastered these shadows. The next day, that's when Lance, who's normally more cautious and level-headed and probably should know better, throw totally throws caution out the window because it's his sister. You know, the red flag would be the next day when Tori comes to him with that injury on her arm from the shadow princess where he has to take all of his power to heal her. That should have been your first red flag. Like, this is a bad idea. Homegirl literally showed up with fangs in her mouth and, like, claws and almost killed Tori in the shadow trance. Like, why is this a good idea? Anyhow, what you do for your siblings, I guess. Um, when you, you like them. I was about to say, you won't catch me like, doing that. I'd be like, bye, bro. Would I rescue any of my siblings from the Shadowlands? I don't feel like I would. Maybe oh. Amy. Well, she listens to the podcast. So, Amy, I would save you. I mean, <laughs> if I thought he was dead for five years, homeboy's going to stay dead. Like, sorry, dude. Not going there. Britt, would you save your siblings? Yeah. <laughs> I would. I like my siblings are my best friends. Caitlin would save her sisters. Oh, definitely. I mean, they're yeah. all podcast listeners too, so I'm sure they will definitely get saved. I would save you too, Colleen and Carolyn. Yeah, I would save you guys too. I would save a lot of people. Yeah. Just maybe not. Probably not my siblings. <laughs> we'll see how I'm feeling about him at the time. It depends if they deserved it or not, of course. We're going to just table that for now. <laughs> um, so Tori finds us out and she's like, oh, well, I'll help you as well. Lance is like, yes, let's do this. Darius is going to help, obviously, because Darius is my BFF. Even though he's not talking to me, we're going to get through this and we're going to save her. They go on a date to Lance's house. It's under Willow Tree. It's super cute. The only thing I want to mention for this is when they were in Lance's house, they went to the basement where his dad used to practice dark magic and they found dark stardust, which is what they're going to use during the ritual. And they also found that that Diego's mom... Um, knows Stella because she was there as well. The next day, Tori goes on a hunt and she is running through the building where Lance's office is. And Lance has previously told her, like, don't hide your hair. Like, always show your hair because he knows, like, he sees blue. He immediately thinks it's Darcy. So Darcy was supposed to be showing up to his office. Lance doesn't realize it's Tori, snatches her and starts trying to make out with her. And he's like, she's like, professor. And he's like, oh, so you want to do that? Like, student <laughs> teacher act. That's okay with me. And he's pawing at her and she knees him in the balls. And immediately Darcy walks in and she's like, Darcy, run. He's being like a pervert. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, he switched places with Washer. Like, something's going on. And Darcy's like, oh, shit. Like, it's fine. That's how she finds out that her sister has been hooking up with the hot professor. Um, mm -hmm. Tori's like, what? No. Someone explain to me what's happening right now. He, she's immediately realizing that Darcy's going to bat for Lance. So she obviously must have feelings for him. And then she makes um, Lance explain, like, what's going on here and he's basically like oh she's my everything like i can't be without her and then she's like all right well you guys seem serious about each other let's just move forward she also finds out 
um, Seth has been blackmailing them and she's like, pretend that I don't know, but she's still going to try to like give hell to Seth on their behalf. So now we're getting to the end of the book, thankfully, because this last 20% is just wild. Mm -hmm. The girls are heading home for Christmas. They find out that they get to spend Christmas at the palace. Everyone's super excited because the they've never been souls, home. Right? Yeah. So this yes. is the home previously occupied by their parents, the king and queen, uh, somewhere they've never been. They're used to foster care and not great living conditions. So this is the Christmas gift in itself. Yeah, they thought they're going to spend it at the dorms. Turns out this their entire plan for them to spend it at the palace. They show up at the palace like kings and queens, and there's paparazzi and reporters, and you know they're wearing their ball gowns. They enter and immediately they see like statues of their parents or pictures of their parents and it's it's a lot to take in like they have never known their parents they don't even really know what they look like they've tried to kind of distance themselves from them because they always hear the king is a savage king and there's so much bad press about this guy and all the horrible things he's done and you know they were changelings like they think their parents just dropped them off in the mortal world to fend for themselves like i get why tori is a little hesitant um so they so spend two, a couple of days yeah two i think kind of I guess three kind of big things happen at the Christmas while they're there. While they're there, they sort of go on this winged treasure hunt where mm -hmm. wings light up and they have to follow it to a cavern or a, like a secret door that opens up um, where they're able to see visions of their parents and photos along the way. So they get to see that their parents really love them. But more so, they get a vision from their mom. Now, are we? you'll probably know the answer to this. Because I'm like, what are we calling her? Is she Marisa? Marissa? Marissa. Oh, it's just Marissa? I think so. Yeah, we haven't called her like Marisa in my head this whole time. I don't even think they say her name in this book, but like I, the queen. I think that's her queen. name. I think it's a really it's a really quick reference from either Seth or Caleb's mom. Okay, I was just looking for clarity oh, yeah. on like, you, you know, look so much how like we're actually Marissa. saying her name. I guess she's just plain old Marissa, the queen. Um, and there's a vision of them and a vision of Ashram leading a little boy away during the nymph attack, which is presumably the night where their parents are killed. Uh, this will be, it's a little bit of an Easter egg for more information that can come out in other books. Um, so to skip ahead, we ask anything else, any other hot takes on that? I think they get their mom's rings. They each get a ring from, yeah. I think, it, I thought it was an earring. I could have been wrong though. Is it, it said a ring? silver, it said silver it was, ring. Silver ring. Sure it was ring. It was in the fountain or like underneath the waterfall or something. It comes into play mm -hmm. in book six. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. That was also like another little light up treasure hunt that they had to go on, right? Yeah, because Astrum sent them a card and the card led to the rings and... The tarot card know. treasure hunt, scavenger hunt, That's keeps right. continuing on. Um, so it's Christmas Day. The girls have a you know little tradition where they have a snowball fight, which is cute and sad because... Everyone usually has these big family traditions, but because they didn't really grow up with much or with anyone, they have a snowball fight, which I thought was really cute. But Christmas Day is actually spent, as Bridget, you mentioned earlier, um, with the counselors and the heirs, which is, you know, the, the people that they all, of course, want to hang out with for Christmas. Now, there's discussion, of course, with Lionel and all the other heirs, uh, the other counselors. But now the scene that I want to talk about is the two where Tori is sitting in the middle and you have Darius on one side and you've got Caleb on the other. And this is where the love triangle literally meets. Uh, because In between her eyes. Yeah. 
<laughs> truthfully. So there are discussions happening, you know, quipping back and forth about the heirs and, you know, the king, the queen. And Darius is doing some light flirting with Tori, puts her hand on his thigh. Caleb, on the other side of her, does the same thing. And so I think she has what I would have is the same exact reaction where I would just freeze. Like, what are you doing in that instance? You've got the boy you've been hooking up with on one side, the other boy you've been hooking up with on the other side. And it's only a matter of time as they continue to go northwards that their hands are going to meet, which is, of course, exactly what happens. Knuckles brushed. And then she gets up and leaves. <laughs> yeah, she runs away. She's she like, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's, what else do you do? She's like, I'm going to leave them there to fend for themselves and figure it out. I'm just going to go. I um, loved that part. Just for the sheer drama and intensity of like the two worlds colliding. And I think they handled it pretty well. Although I do enjoy that they were very quite baffled as to what happened. Like, how did your hand get there? What? Yeah. And then they go straight to the throne room, right? Late, like in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So. During the dinner, Lionel, asshole Lionel, obviously brings up the fact that, you know, we're uh, all beating around the bush. The you need to, like, just renounce your claim to the throne so that way the boys can be the heirs and we can move on with our lives. And it becomes, like, an awkward subject, of course, at the Christmas table. And it gets dropped because dessert comes and then that fantastic scene happens. And so Tori goes, runs off to the bathroom, and Lionel corners her in the room what is that room? The room where you can like oh. see visions or whatever. The Sears room. The Sears room. Um, and he's basically tells her some things and she's trying to figure out if there's a hidden message underneath there. He makes it seem like he was friends with her parents. And she's like, I didn't realize the king had friends because he's a savage king. Um, and he also talks about like the nymph attack and how they got in through the wards. I think I might have fallen asleep at this part when I was doing the reread. And then he dark coercers to like forget everything he said and also to break Darius's heart the next time he comes crawling between her thighs. And I was like, you little asshole. That's the part I wanted to talk about too, because it just, he's just such a jerk, Lionel. And the fact that he has zero regard for his son, he's like, hey, feel free to, and he dark coerces her, which means if she didn't have the fire, the Phoenix powers to burn through this, she would have to go through with this. He's like, just break, break my son's heart. Feel free to break my son's heart next time you see fit. You're just like, God, you suck as a human. I just want to know, like, at any point did this man ever love his children? No. <laughs> what did are your thoughts on Lionel, anyone? Right? No, he didn't love anybody. He just had them to have an heir. So what are your thoughts on him? On Lionel? Yeah. Uh, he's a gross lizard who only cares about power. And that's it. That is, that is him in a nutshell. Do you have any theories on why he's so terrible? Like, is it mommy issues? Is it daddy he has a issues? Small dick. Oh, we know he's small dick. That too. I'm thinking mommy issues for sure. Again, hurt people hurt people. So I think he was neglected, or he's just doing the same things he's doing to Darius and Xavier. I feel he's just replicating what happened to him. He doesn't know how to love, which means he was never shown love. Um, so I think it's you know, similar to what he's doing to his kids. Hearing you say this, I'm now realizing I, I could be down for more of a backstory on Lionel. Normally I don't care for his POV chapters, <laughs> but I'm like, what is, what is the myth behind the band? I need to see behind the curtain. What's happening? Why I don't enjoy like 
they always joke about him being like so great. And I'm like, I don't want to know more about him. But he's also in Ruthless Boys and he's Oh, is he? He's like also a very terrible character there because he's the same person. Um, we just know him like ten years in advance. Or mm-hmm. is it six or seven? I don't know. Five years. Five. Five years. Um, you know, my time frame's all messed up with ZA. Um, and I'm just kinda like, everyone hates you. You are up there in my 10 top villains I hate. He doesn't have 10, any top five, I mean. He doesn't have any redeeming qualities. So he's up there with with Maeve. Yeah. And Voldemort. <laughs> Voldemort. And Could be Lizard Man. Oh my gosh, they're yeah. just lizard guys. With no noses. Yeah, I was about to say no nose. No, I feel like these he's got sociopathic tendencies. So he could have mm-hmm. zero. He could have had loving parents, absolutely loving parents, and still be a sociopath, sociopath and turn out like this. I think that's more. That's my. I'm that's tagging well, that one. Yeah. We get a little bit of Lionel backstory in book seven. Not enough, I think, to fully understand the family dynamic. Um, but he has no redeeming qualities, and he's really insecure and he has a tiny dick yeah and i sin- i feel like since we do get povs from him it just kind of proves that he is just a sociopath and messed up and that's mm-hmm. just him that's just his character there is no good backstory for him so the rest of christmas um they do press there's a little ball that they have to go to and lance and Darcy are doing their own thing, dancing. And Caleb finds Tori because he wants to dance because he wants to pick things back up where they were left off. And she's like, yeah, you know, what? I'm still not good enough for you and your mommy. I'm a bounce. And she was trying to get back to her rooms and she wanders into the throne room. And guess who's sitting on the throne? Our boy, Darius. And he's basically ready to confess everything. He's like, I couldn't watch you dancing with Caleb. Like, I don't. How do you not understand? Like, I want you. They end up poking up on the throne room. I love a good throne scene. It was great. It was amazing. Another great scene. Another one. I highly recommend you read it if you have not. So the day after Christmas, which is the following day, they wake up. There's a really fun snowball scene with all of the heirs and the twins and Lance and Xavier. Um, And he gets to be a Pegasus while he's there, which is a sweet moment because, you know, he's been locked up in his little dungeon like Rapunzel and not able to let down his lilac hair and be the pegasus that he is um as they're heading back into the castle they realize that there are nymphs in the castle why am i calling it a castle it's palace. a palace it's a palace you know basically a castle um and they start fighting all of them burst into their order forms they rush in there instead of fleeing like other people would they're like we're gonna take this head on we have to save all of our friends that are in there the press is in there as well because they were heading back for more press and as they're doing the fighting, they get outnumbered. And Darcy looks at Tori. Tori looks at Darcy. And they're like, this is the moment. They burst into their full order form because usually they're half half switched or whatever. So just, where just their wings are out. Yes. And so at the can- same time, they eliminate all the nymphs. And Lionel walks in with his wife. And he's like, oh, so you're phoenixes after all. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, Queen Vega, Queen Vega, Vega twins, long live the Vegas, um, because they're super excited because they're badasses and they just saved their people. And immediately Lance is like, I got to get you out of here. Let's go. Like, it's not safe. So he stardust them back to the school 
And she's like, you guys have to stay here. You can't go anywhere else. Apparently, there are more nymph attacks across Solaria um, throughout. But they're just hiding out, trying to stay low because now they're at risk. Now. Christmas leads into New Year's Eve. They're gearing up to do the ritual to bring Clara home for Which Lance. The golden, the star bridge, whatever she said. So now we're getting into one of the most painful parts I found. I don't even know if I want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, that's the best part of the book. Right, you I know, but this? it hurts the most. You take it away. I, I like hurting. She goes, I like hurting. Don't we all? It's like I that do. TikTok that's going on right now. It's like, are you insane like me? Yeah, yeah. I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. You are my people. Um, So Darcy and Lance go off to the cave because they're preparing for the ritual. And they're waiting for Tori and, Darcy, or Tori and Darius to arrive. And they never arrive. And if you were wondering why, it's because they both got... Taken away by the stars and led into this random spot in the, f- the forest to have their divine moment. We're talking I was, about. I was picturing like, since it was foggy, I was like, this is pride and prejudice in the field fog. That's like yes. where I, my brain was going. I was and they're like, in like a crater and the blizzard's yeah. going on. And like, basically yeah. they're in the little dome by themselves. Mm-hmm. The stars have lit up their the Leo and the Their constellations Gemini, are up. the constellations mm-hmm. have moved ahead, and Darius is immediately like, "This is it." Like the divine moment is he's like super rare, and that is when you are called to your Elysian mate. So when the stars decide you have found your person, this is your person. You guys have to face a trial together. I think is like the prerequisite to be able to find your multiple mates. trials, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess they've done enough of. And the stars call them together. It's sort of like a siren call. Something is urging them together. They don't really know where they're going. They're led through the fog to this mysterious place where they come across each other. And I think Darius realizes almost instantly what this moment means. And Tori. And he he knows who it's going to be because he's like, there's no one else. It's her. It has to be her. Like, it is Tori. And And Tori, you know, being new. I don't know, what are we, six months into this world? She... I feel like it's like four months, three months. We're talking about like a semester at school. Yeah, it's true. So this is brand new to her. I don't think the weight of the the moment is as prominent for her as it is for Darius. Um, so the stars align, their constellations are up. This is the moment where they need to decide. Are we going to move forward as Elysian mates and accept the bond or are we going to reject the bond? Now this is... You know, we're just cut to the chase. It's painful for a couple of reasons because we have Darius pouring out his heart, understanding the gravity of the moment um, and, and what the consequences are of not going through with this. Um, and, you know, admitting to I've been a jerk. I've been terrible. But let me make it up to you. Let me spend the rest of my life making it up to you. And I think that line in particular really pulled at my heart swings because you saw him where there were moments where he could be good and be sweet and be remorseful for what he did. And so I was like, please say yes. Say yes, Tori. But as we talked a little bit before we jumped on the, the chat today, we understand the reasons why she ultimately says no. Because despite the fact that this man has tortured her, and despite the sweet moments, he has tortured her and almost killed her. And that's just not enough for her to spend the rest of her life with this person. And he's never apologized. Correct. Yeah, He said, I'm sorry, once, and it was during that moment, and then he immediately followed up with the, like, if you don't say yes, we're going to be star-crossed. So she hears, I'm sorry, and then immediately hears, 
if you don't say yes, we're going to be star-crossed. So she's like, so you're only yeah. apologizing because you don't want to be star-crossed. Like, you're not really apologizing. You because had you months feel to so- apologize. Right. This, I feel like the entire past, like, month or two, like, all she's ever wanted was an apology for him, from him. And he had so many t- moments to, you know, make it up to her. And he just failed constantly. So, Britt, you had brought up some good points earlier. You are saying, like, you understand the reasons why. Why mm-hmm. she said no. Yeah. I mean, I was rooting for her to say no, but I was also just like, oh, I wish she would say yes, because it was such a deep moment because you get you get both both POVs. You switch from one to the other. I, I can't so. remember. I'm pretty sure you get both POVs in this in this whole scene. Um, but like hearing from his POV and it was just like he was so remorseful and he was so sorry. He felt so stupid for not doing it sooner. Like he just, he was just like, this is too late. This is too late. Let me just do what I can. And I hope she says yes. And then when you get to her POV and then you go through all the things that he has done to her and that he hasn't reconciled. And then you're, this is the good thing about reading a book that's first person's POV is that you really get into their head and you feel what they're feeling. And so when I was in Darius's POV, I'm just like, she has to say yes. I need her to say yeah. yes. But then as soon as you switch over to Tori's POV and then you understand what she's going through, you're like, you better say no. You can't You can't say yes to this man. I didn't accept this man. No. I think so what- I was so proud of her for saying no. But at the same time, like it hurt. It hurt so bad. But I was like, you know what? This is how it should have gone. Yeah, it really hurt from like Darius's POV was when he was saying like, this is the first thing I will have for myself. This is the first thing that won't be dictated by my dad. This is the first thing I can be selfish about because the stars are actually giving me the chance. It doesn't have anything to do with the counselors and he can finally have her. And I was just like, this poor kid has gone through enough. Mm-hmm. He has a shit dad. He's being abused. You know, he has to deal with all the crap of being like the heirs. He doesn't know how to never show had. He doesn't, he doesn't know how to show up. He does not know. And that's not an excuse for what he's done, but I was... Oh, not at all. But when you and read that's why these things, you're just like, he has no idea how to do this. And it's like Darius's inner monologue. If he mm-hmm. just voiced half the things he said to Tori, yes. she probably would have said yes. I felt like in the past, like, two chapters, three chapters before this, he was getting better about, like, telling her, like, oh, she matters, she cares. But it was always like, you know... I, I like you. I want you. So I'm going to get your attention even if I have to bully you. And it was like, mm-hmm. he was like, if you're going into the shadows, I'm going in the shadows with you. So it was like he was committing to her, but it was like just toxic bad boy words coming out of his mouth. And I was like, but she also, because she didn't grow up in the Fey world though, she doesn't understand the gravity of the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important too. Um, like she knows about it, I guess, from like a, I heard about this standpoint. And she knows Gabriel is also has his yeah. name. So he knows what it it should be like. But she doesn't she doesn't get it. And the other thing with Tori too, she doesn't like being told what to do. What to do yeah. So she feels like the stars are telling her and mm-hmm. you know, she's kind of like fuck the stars, like I don't need to do what they say. I'm not about that. I just wonder like if she knew how bad it was going to be to be star-crossed mm-hmm. no I, I mean i think it makes it obvious yeah. that it's not she would have said i don't <laughs> we should I say yes say to me it's like you you want her to say yes and we'll figure it out later just like we'll figure it out we'll make it and work and that's where i was that's not her. 
But again, this this is an eight series book, so I was just like, well, there's no way she could just end up happy and move on from there. I was like, it's too early in a series for them to be happy. Correct, and I think you know my brain is tracking along on these points. Like, it's too early for them to be happy. However. My brain is also not prepared for the level of pain my heart will feel in this book and the following books that that is the direct result of this exact moment in time. Mm -hmm. So as we said, Tori rejects the bond. She says, no, I will not Multiple times, may I add. Like they gave her a chance to withdraw the statement, I felt like, because she kept saying, no, 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 I'm not. And he's explaining and saying things and, you know, he's really just confessing yeah, it's confessing his sins and trying to make amends. But again, too little, too late. Yeah. This is not the moment to do that. Yeah. Uh, no. The swirling vortex of cool stars is now becoming angry because the bond is being rejected. Things are getting a bit chaotic. And they get the black yeah. lines around their iris. So mm-hmm. they get the mark of being star crossed. So if you accept the bond, you get silver rings around your irises. You reject the bond, you get big old black rings around your irises. So, you know, Elysian meets, super not common. Rejecting the bond, also super, super not common. So mm-hmm. this is going to instantly make them stand out and people know that they had their moment. Um, any other last thoughts on the divine moment that should have been? I would like to just say that the one time that I hate being a person that visualizes the book is in this scene because I still like, I'll just be like minding my own business and boom, mm-hmm. like I could just see it again. And I'm like, great, here we go again. All these emotions are back up. It was a lot. Um, yeah. I will say on the reread and <laughs> I chatted, texted you guys earlier. I'm like, oh, it wasn't, wasn't as bad this time. And like, maybe I'm just too broken. <laughs> maybe the heart, like my heart yeah. has been hardened up at this point. Um, So that is. Or also you might know that, the future books bring as much heartbreak. Well, sure. and you don't see rejection very often in books ever. Like it's always accepted. It's people rarely fight it like this in this way. And so yeah, I've never was, thought about that. It's very nice to see it done differently. Yes, absolutely. And firmly. Like and there's firmly. no wishy-washiness of this. She's like, no, this is my stance and I'm sticking to it. Mm-hmm. So that's the divine moment that should have been. And we don't really even really have time to kind of mourn what understand what just happened because there's some shit going down in the cave as they're trying to bring Clara over. Yeah. So because Lance and Darcy um, were waiting for Tori and Darius, who never showed up, um, they decide to move forward with the ritual, but they don't have probably enough power. And so they, whatever, they do the thing. They bring Clara back. And there's about, I don't know, 10 seconds of Clara being normal. Um, Mm -hmm. But then she attacks Lance um, because Clara's also a vampire and she needs blood. Um, But she like pierces him very wrongly. Pierce? Um, No, she drains his blood and stabs him. Multiple times. She blames him for not rescuing her earlier and being stuck in the shadow realm. Um, and so he's basically on the floor of the cave bleeding out. And the part I think that was also hard to read and broke my heart a little bit on Lance's behalf is because he clearly feels terrible that if he thinks for a second that his sister thought that 
she left him there. He didn't care about her. He moved on. Like he's very much, she's been very much been with him this whole time in his heart and his head. And so that, that notion kind of kills him a little bit. And I think kind of keeps him off balance and not aware of the dangers that this not Clara Clara is. Poor dude. Yeah. And that's how book four ends. Essentially Darcy's, running through the snowstorm yeah. asking for help she's and- screaming with her like her flames out of her hands trying to get a signal out of the cave and when she originally came out of the shadows she was weak because she'd used yeah. up all her powers no so magic. And she doesn't know how to heal and lance is lying there and he's like no stay and she's like no i have to go get help and he she we forgot to mention this earlier in the book when they had their willow date he told her he loves her and she never said it back and so while he's laying on the floor literally dying she's like i love you and she feels bad because she doesn't want to say it as like a you're dying i might not ever be with you again i love you Mm -hmm. i just love you it was just heartbreaking like all around i think i was both i was trying to figure out my emotions because i was so sad i was panicking but at the same time i was like where the flip is Darius and Tori? Where the crap are they? They need to be here. This is their fault. If he dies, this is their fault. And so I was so mad at them at the same time as being just so devastated. You can't really be mad at them because they're like taken by the stars. Yeah, and I know. Moment. But I, if I, someone I love died because they were just, and I know, and I know, but if I was Darcy not knowing where they were, I was like, oh. where the crap are they? This this is happening and they're supposed to be here. Yeah, what are they getting? Especially Yeah. Especially it being her twin sister mm-hmm. and Darius has is the guardian bond with mm-hmm. Lance. Like the two people who are supposed to be your ride or die do not show up for the most important moment of your life. And Lance even said that like before they started the ritual. He's like, I can't believe Darius is like not showing up for this. Like it, yeah. you can tell it hurt. Yeah. And like part of me is like, we don't want to like check our atlases and be like, hey, where you at, bestie? Like you still coming? Yeah. Well, that was that was the thing, though. Like the stars messed with Tori and Darius's atlases and messed with like their concept right. of time. Right. Yeah, of course. I think Tori left. She didn't even wear a coat when she like she left. She wasn't the even room. wearing shoes, and it was snowing outside. Yeah, it was right. like she yeah. wasn't this whole shoes. trance thing. Yeah, like the stars don't give you an option. You get called. You if you're naked, you're naked. You're going. If yeah. you're wearing Man, no I shoes, you're going. I got clothes on for my divine moment. Yeah. And obviously, like, the stars knew what they were doing. Like, mm-hmm. they knew they were going into the Shadow Worlds. They yeah. decided to fuck with them. So I'm trying to think about, like, my emotions at the end of book four. Luckily, book five was out, and I was able to jump right into book five. Um, as much as I love Lance, I really didn't think he was going to die. No. Like, I... I knew something would happen, but I didn't really think he was dead. But between that and like the emotional draining of what happened between Tori and Darius, I think I was in shock. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to describe it. Like I was totally emotionally shocked. And exhausted. I was exhausted. I was definitely emotionally exhausted. Like I was done. I had to download the next book. Read the first couple of chapters to make sure everyone was physically alive, and then I stopped. I yeah, was like, I don't even All think right, I no did go. that. I think I just like got into the shower and just like stared, like, "Oh, what did I just read?" Mm-hmm. It was it was intense, and it ends, you know, like the twisted sisters like to do. It just ends with her it shooting ends. her fingers out to the sky and uh, help me, and you're that's like, "That's it." 
And that's it. Fade to black. What? If you weren't like, you're always wondering why they're called Twisted Sisters. It's for these moments. Because they are cruel and they're twisted. Because when I listen to the audiobook, someone's, the emotions are really like high in my ears. And so I'm just like, I'm kind of like, because I can't see where the page is going to end. I'm not in, I don't know when it's going to end. I don't know. And so when it just ends, I'm just like, Like, what? No. It happens always... so many times because, again, I'm not seeing where the page is ending. That, so oh, it, my God. I never it thought It literally that. just ends in my ears. And I'm just like, what? And they're like, for just more information happened. on our fan group. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I don't, the audiobook doesn't even go into that part. It just ends at the story. Like, yeah. it doesn't go into the after pages I, that they have. Oh what God, a wild like experience so. I feel like that is to just. Oh, it is have it end like that like you're just washing dishes and you're like wait oh no oh no 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 oh, have you ever like caught back time. on your phone like did they make a mistake is there like another chapter loading did my audio turn off all the time i'm just like that oh my god that cannot be the end the sopranos episode where like everyone thought like their tv just cut off and you're like no this can't just end like this yeah no that is nuts what a ride what yeah. a ride just ends and then audible has a Hopes you enjoyed this program. <laughs> so you're like in tears. I did not enjoy this ending. You know, yeah. we had the three of us as our emotional support group. Who did you have when this book ended? To because that ended abruptly for you. <laughs> oh, I had I had Tiffin Books and Rachel Sky Reads and Cyan and a couple others because I was documenting my my experience live on Instagram and uh I had a lot of people but it was fun for them to kind of watch me go through it I guess because I got a lot of feedback and they're just like just you wait just you I was like what what is it you know what's so funny it's like misery loves company so we're like Mm -hmm. oh we're going through it Mm -hmm. we're here for it yeah, I like watching people go through books that I've read. I'm just like, Ooh. oh, I know. Especially- I just got my friend to read Zodiac Academy, and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm so sorry in advance. Yeah, and she was like about to give birth when she was finishing up the seventh book, and I was like, it's gonna put you in hey. labor. I was <laughs> like, hey, um, so like I know emotions are really high when you're pregnant, and postpartum depression is a real thing. I don't think you should finish this book. Like, stop at this percent. And so she at stopped the snowball for a couple fight. Weeks. Stop at the snowball fight. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, oh, it was book even seven. Book. Book she was seven. on book seven. Okay. Like she had passed it. Ninety percent. You stop at ninety percent. And she yeah. was like, "Good call." And then she finished it like last week, and she's like, "Thank God I did not finish that." Like the week that I had given birth, because I was not sleeping. Like my emotions were crazy. Like that oh, would have yeah. been a shit show. Yeah. So we, man, really covered a lot. This is, I think, our longest episode to date. So we really appreciate you sticking it out with us, Britt. It was a lot to get through, lots of emotions. Yeah. Uh, A lot happened. Um, It did. Final thoughts. What did you think about this book overall? I thought it was, um, I actually thought this book was a turning point book. Um, Because, again, like I said, you stop the bullying like uh, mid-book, and then you get to the turning point of relationships in this book. And uh, I think it's a solid, it's a solid turning point for character development and storyline because at the end of this book as well, is it the end of this book? Where somewhere in this book, the villain, like Lionel gets worse and worse, which Mm -hmm. I like a good villain. In the first three books, I was like, what, like, where's, 
where's the bad guy? Like he's not bad enough. Where's the, where's the guy? And then at the end of the book three, you're just like, Oh, it's, it's him. And then throughout this book, you're like, okay, he's worse. And then he's going to continue to get worse. But again, like it's just a really good turning point uh, book for me. If you had to do a star rating, what is your star rating for this book? Oh, I think I gave, I think I gave this one five. It was either okay. a four is four point five five. It was a high rating. I think it's yeah, fair. I, it's in line I with felt this I one had a. I thought I felt this one had so many good moments in it. Yes, there's like there's charming parts. Then there's obviously terrible parts. But it was good. Yep. I liked it. Yeah, if a book can make me have all the feelings and they and they do it well, then I usually give them a high rating. Knowing what this book series is, I'm I my expect my expectations have been laid before me and I'm just like don't why don't think not that this is gonna win any awards as far as like anything Brandon Sanderson level or anything it's it's fun it's traumatizing it's good character development it's it's good for I for really hope is. they turn it into a tv show like they have talked about in the past because I would just eat it up like everyone sign me up. up everyone would eat this series up it belongs on the CW no one will argue with me even though if if the CW wanted spice, yeah, um, I would say maybe HBO now. I thought HBO was being bought out by somebody, but yes, HBO would work as well. Or just Netflix. Netflix has an insane budget. I feel like they're they're the best out of everybody currently right now because of they've got a, such a good budget. Like I, I watched the first episode of Sandman today, and I'm just like, wow! Oh, it's on my queuing up right now. So I was like, just looking at. Um, but it, would they be able to make it as spicy as it should be if it was on Netflix? Netflix? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. We're talking Netflix, about the show yeah. that had like the giant, the man's like huge. I forgot what show it was. It's sex, sex life. Yes. yes. Yeah. They, Homeboy was like rocking like nine inches or something. Or not even, that. not even grown. It was just nine inches. Hanging out. It was hanging audacity. out. At its resting rate. It was that long. He's obviously a shower, not a grower, guys. Obviously. But I feel like if they can pull that off, they can pull this off. If they can pull Bridgerton off and they can pull, geez, what else is even on? Like, I feel like Bridgerton was, oh, Outlander? Outlander's on there? Outlander, yeah. Yeah, Outlander started somewhere else, Yes, but they're allowing it on Netflix. So I feel like that's just allowed. My money's on Netflix to do it and do it well. Because, you know, the fandom, oh, I'd like to say they all come for you, but they- they might, if yeah, it's not correctly. Because CW is definitely meant for high school, teeny. high school, but also Supernatural's on there, and they're in their thirties, so it's just like, well, I don't know. Yeah, um, I did think because I was doing predictions during my live on book four, I was like, this is what because everyone says that the ending is going to be so bad, and so I did predictions. I was like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Caleb's going to die because. Because love triangles do this and it felt love triangle-ish in this book. And I was like, the only way it's going to be good for everyone because people are going to be team Caleb is to kill one of the love interests. And it's going to be Caleb because it's obviously going to be Darius. And so it made sense to me to kill Caleb so that there is no will they, won't they in the future books. I had the same prediction. I think I remember texting you guys. I'm like, it's this is what it's going to be. They're going to kill Caleb because they've been setting him Caleb. up. And Tori's going to feel terrible that she didn't do enough to save mm-hmm. him, something mm-hmm. like that. And it's going to like eat away at their relationship with Darius. I, I was tracking. I was like, this is what's yeah. going to happen. Didn't happen. But man, I sure thought mind. it would. 
Yeah, I do think this this book does have really high stakes and it does bother me in other books when people don't die when it's such high stakes, but I am glad that um what's his face dies. Diego? Yeah, I didn't care about Diego. Oh, I didn't care about I was Diego. Just like I just felt bad because I was like, wow, he finally just, you know, broke out of his little crappy family situation. Yes. Like, I'm glad he had a purpose. But again, the stakes were high in that moment and he died well. It was a good death. He had a, yeah, he had a good honorable death. He did. And so I was like, like, he served I, like a purpose. I like that death. Again, I like to hurt in books, but I also like books to make sense. I was just like, yes, someone's going to die. And right, because so, otherwise it's not realistic that everyone lives through these high stakes mm-hmm. situations all the time. Someone's got to go. Yeah. Eh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I feel like I can't, I don't take full breaths until the end of each book. I'm just oh. like, Whoo! oh, you know, was I holding my breath for 20 hours? I didn't even notice. Probably. It's yes. funny because I'm thinking now, like when you have these really high stakes scenes and they're really intense and there's a lot happening, I am so speed reading because I am nervous for everyone in this moment. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta figure out what's happening here and go through it so fast. But I'm thinking you as an audio listener, like <laughs> that is like an entirely different, like feeling for you to have to sit there and like, have it come to you. Make sure you turn the volume up. Like as, as, or, do you speed it up? You did, no. Yeah. Um, when it's, I, I mean, I do speed up audiobooks, but uh, when there's a lot going on, when I have to focus, I'll put, I'll have a pretty regular speed, like 1.5, 1.6. Otherwise, if it's a pretty slow-ish book, I will, I'll bump it up. But during battle scenes, usually I'll, I'll, I won't ever speed up the book. Do you do like other things while you're listening to the book? Like when there are books like this, where you need to like sit there and think and visualize? Um, uh, If during scenes, yeah, I'll sit. Um, I'll stop doing stuff during big scenes. Because I was like, I need to sit down. I got to like focus yeah. my phone and just like scroll and read and no interruptions. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how other people do multitasking. I can't. Uh, practice. <laughs> Lots of practice. Well, Britt, we are so thankful that you could join us today and this long haul of a book to get through. Mm-hmm. Where can we find you? Uh, on anything for TikTok and Instagram, it's just listen with Britt. And I keep my handles the same. Awesome. What are you reading next? What, what are you tackling next? Uh, I'm currently doing A Broken Blade uh, by, I think, Melissa. What's her name? It's the anonymous author that did the... Oh, I saw that, that on TikTok, book, right? Uh, Melissa Blair. Um, yeah, she was the anonymous author that just sent her book around. And it even said on the front of the book, anonymous. And so no one knew who the author was. And she ended up getting published by a traditional publisher and uh, her book just came out. That's exciting. Did anyone ever figure out it was her? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think anyone guessed correctly. She did a good job. I remember that was like, I saw that happening. I was like, this is such a great marketing strategy. It is. And I'm pretty sure that's why she's so successful. She did it really well. Awesome. But yeah, I'm about halfway through that book right now. Well, we'll have to tune in to you to see how, what your thoughts are on this book after. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's wrapping up for today, guys. 
again, we are so blessed to be joined with Brit here from Listen with Brit. Um, and we'll catch you as we took take on book five, another humdinger to get through emotionally. Um, and you guys can always find us at booktalkmademe underscore pod. Let us know what you thought about this episode. And what were you pro? What was your divine moment feeling? Were you, were you loving Tori and Darius? Darcius is what I wanted to try and call them. Or were you happy that she said no? Tell us what your thoughts are and let us know. Um, your thoughts and feelings you can always leave us a review and star maybe if the stars have spoken about this episode and you want to leave us five stars that's okay too (laughs) all right guys we'll catch you next time when we tackle book five bye bye bye